Welcome to Ghostly. Is Wrigley Field haunted? Ghostly is a podcast that comes out every other week. In each episode, we take a ghost story or paranormal event and look into its complete history. Rebecca then gives us evidence proving that the story is real. And my job as the skeptic is to debate those pieces of evidence and get you, the listener, prepared to vote on if it's real or not. If you haven't yet, please hit that subscribe button. That was your host, Pat, and I'm your believer host, Rebecca. Oh, You got to say skeptic in your intro, (laughs) so I get to say believer. Okay, okay. Um, So, Rebecca, I don't know if you are aware of this, but this is our 100th episode. One hundo. Yeah, I mean, we've done more episodes than that, but we they were bonus episodes. And this is our official 100 episode. So amazing. It has been a crazy last, what, almost Three and four, and a half years. Years, four yeah. years? Yeah. It's yeah. insane. Uh, I can't believe we made it to 100. It's great. Yeah. I mean, I you know, when we first started off, I didn't think we were going to be doing a 100th episode. But I prepared for it because in like the episode number, I'd always put a zero in front of it. No more zeros in front. Ooh, yeah. If we get to a thousand, I don't know what we'll do. Yeah, I'm not prepared for that. <laughs> it's like Y2K <laughs> all over again. Exactly. We'd have to restructure every single thing. <laughs> Episode one would be zero, 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 zero one. one. Yeah, it's too much. <laughs> I don't know. Well, it's it's super exciting. Uh, yeah, never imagined, you know, you just, you start a podcast and you're just kind of hoping it goes well and you don't, you try not to think too far ahead yeah. because you don't want to assume, but yeah, some part of us must have known because you did, we did the I did. zero zero one. I prepared for it. Yep. <laughs> um, but only 999 episodes though. That's all I'm prepared for, I guess. Okay. All right. Well, you know, <laughs> so don't, so don't worry. It's going to take us a while to get through. 999. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) So um, this episode is going to be about one of my favorite places in Chicago. It is also one of my favorite places in Chicago. And I notice you're wearing blue today. I am wearing blue today. Do you bleed cubby blue? I absolutely bleed cubby blue. You bleed? (laughs) I do. I do. Uh, My whole life, for sure. My whole life, yeah. Yep. Me too, and I'm a South Sider, so that's weird for me to say. Yeah, that is weird for you to say. My family comes from the North Side, yeah. so it it makes sense. Because Chicago is divided by you know the South Side; those are the White Sox fans, and the North Side are the Cubs fans. But that started um, back because of the old gangsta days. <laughs> yes, that's true. It's not really the baseball. I mean, the yeah. baseball certainly has helped it keep going, I yes, think. Yes, yes. Um, but yes, that's true. There was the North Side gangs versus the South Side, Absolutely, you know, like mobsters. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, I my family, we went to Cubs games every summer. It was like the big family outing. Yeah. Always had fun. I was always on TV, uh, you know. Absolutely. always a big part of our lives. Absolutely. And um, I don't know if you're aware of this, but the Cubs didn't actually start off on the north side. I, I've heard tell of this, but I don't know specifics. They so started off on to learn the west more. side. The west side. Wow. Yeah. Which we don't really talk about much. It's more north-south yeah. for us. There is no like 
east side once you get to a certain point because that's Lake Michigan. That's the lake. Yeah. <laughs> so if you live in the lake, you're no, there is an east side of Chicago though, but a little bit. We don't we don't really talk about that much. But in this episode, we will be talking about Wrigley Field, home of the Chicago Cubs. Yeah. And uh who knew it's haunted? Uh yeah. <laughs> about that, Rebecca, I don't I don't know about that. Well, we'll get into it and debate it, but uh, I'm excited to learn about learn about Wrigley and uh, and learn about the ghosts. Absolutely. Um, so we need to announce the winner of our listener survey. This is the episode. Ooh, finally, yeah, we made it. It's it. been going on for months, and it you guys have been. been have been filling these out. We're so appreciative. Yeah, and the winner receives a coupon code for a free T-shirt. Yeah. So uh, I will tell you that the entries were all numbered. Okay. And then I had Siri pick out. A random number between all of those numbers. I just had her pick it. And then that was the person. Yep. And it is Vincent Farrell. Woo-hoo, Vincent. Way to go. Yeah, I want to thank everyone so much for completing the survey. Uh, You know, we really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy lives to let us know what you're thinking. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to really help us in the future as we make some decisions on how we're going to grow and evolve and go, get to that 200 mark. Yeah, absolutely. Let's absolutely. just aim for that for right now. All right. So <laughs> uh, this episode, we're going to have a lot more shout outs than typical because we do have a bunch of comments to read Yes, about we do. ghostly. Yes, we and do. And how ghostly has affected people's lives. Yeah, we so, put out the call. Um, typically, there's only two ways to get a shout out on ghostly. The first way is to give us a review on Apple Podcast. We always prefer those five star reviews, but we're willing to read any and all reviews that we receive. <laughs> Absolutely. And the second way is to become a member on Patreon. Just go to ghostlypodcast.com and click on Patreon in the menu bar. We have a few different tiers to choose from, and they vary a lot, and there is a lot of benefits to becoming a Patreon member. Absolutely. We've got a whole other show, Ghostly X, yes. which is a great companion to Ghostly. Like yeah. A lot of the guests and people that we have on Ghostly, we have over on Ghostly X, and we can really talk about uh, things a little bit more in depth than we do in the episodes. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I I mean, I will tell you that that tier starts at f- just five bucks. Yeah. You can get it all for five bucks a month. And um, if you subscribe right now, you get all the back catalog, too. So Absolutely. you could be listening to Ghostly for a long, long time. Yeah. If you're just like, man, it's so hard to wait every two weeks for a new episode. Well, we've got like a whole bunch of episodes you can go listen to right now. Ghostly Absolutely. X. And we do have a new Patreon. We do. We do. Alicia or Alicia. Alicia, we're so happy to have you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to read some of our comments that we got. So uh, so we put some posts out on social media. We just asked people to share, you know, if they had any thoughts about Ghostly, how they found us, their favorite episodes, all that good stuff. And we really appreciate those of you that responded. Um, And you know what? If you didn't respond or didn't see the post, but you'd still like to share that, we'd love to hear it. You can always send us an email at info at ghostlypodcast.com or go on Ghostly Podcast or go on social media. Find us somewhere out there. 
Yeah. All right. So first one I've got is from Jason. Okay. Who says, uh, I first ran into you guys at Parapalooza 2021 oh. at the Roth House. Yeah, yeah. Uh, ever since then, I've been an avid listener to Ghostly Podcast, and for what it's worth, I'm saying that as someone who isn't normally into podcasts at all. Wow. I've always liked the concept, the format, the vibe, and just the show overall. Congrats, episode 100 and beyond. Until we get to 999. <laughs> um, I'm not sure if you want me to read Nick Mataragas's comment. Yeah, go ahead. All right. He says, my favorite episode is episode 101, The Curse of Anna Klumski. Oh, <laughs> yeah. No, it's not going to happen. Not she's allowed. Not, she's not dead. Not allowed. Yeah. All right. So Aaron said that Shayla told me about Ghostly a few times before I paid attention. LOL. My first and possibly favorite episode was the sleep paralysis episode. Oh, yeah. I love hearing other people's experiences and then having you guys debate them. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you, Aaron. We have Yvette uh, who says, uh, Kevin, I nominate him for the show's medical advisor. Oh, yeah. Which is true. If we ever have medical stuff, Kevin, we'll reach out. Yeah. Uh, Introduced me to Ghostly this past year. I am still catching up on previous episodes and enjoy the history I learn about each location featured. Ghostly is a part of my listening lineup to Pass the Miles. Mm, and I believe we've met her a couple times, I too. believe we have, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then we have Alice. Uh, wow, congratulations on the 100th episode. I remember finding you guys on Podcoin. Oh, oh I miss Podcoin. Oh, Podcoin. Uh, I listened to the very first episode and was hooked from then on. All right, and then here's Alicia. Uh, I don't remember how I found Ghostly, I have never before enjoyed podcasts, but I'm happy to have this one. Keep doing what you're doing and inventing the fun new things you add because so far, Ghostly just gets better. Wow. Which is awesome. That Thank is you really awesome. So much for that. Yeah. Um, we really uh, we really appreciate it. Um, we had a few other comments as well. So over on Instagram, we had Kay Creevy say- Oh, you mean the gram? The gram. Yeah. Uh, congrats on 100 episodes. I found you guys on Apple Podcasts looking for new paranormal shows to listen to on my walks. I only recently started listening, but I love that you've done a lot of Chicago-based locations and the friendly banter is great. While I don't have any paranormal experiences to speak of, I have an open mind and lots of curiosity. That's all you need to listen to Ghostly. Mm -hmm. That's it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Haunted locations are fascinating from all points of view. Keep up the great work. Aw. All right. Um, so, yeah, we really, again, so appreciate um, all of everybody's support over these last, you know, <laughs> feels like a hundred years but all of <laughs> all of these uh uh all these uh, these past 100 episodes and all of the the hard work um that you guys have put into to come see us um all right now i found the, the last group of uh comments are you ready yeah i am okay so we have kim who says i found you guys on spotify i've listened to all your episodes and love every one of them and look forward to hearing a new one every other week I don't have a favorite because I love them all. Oh, thank you. Uh, and then Tim, uh, Timothy said, one of my favorite things with Ghostly is the book club, getting together with the hosts and other listeners after reading a spooky tale of paranormal 
whoa. And then discussing <laughs> real thoughts and feelings about it is great fun. It's right up there with voting each week on, with, for the skeptics when the evidence just isn't that compelling or really being on the fence when it can't be easily explained. Aww. So thank you so much, Timothy. I, you know, I feel bad we've been... Uh, unable to do a book club this summer, but uh, I've got, I actually just got a book suggestion from someone at work that I'm super excited about. So if you are in the book club, be on the lookout for um, an invitation and a new book soon. How did they sign up for the book club though? Oh yes. If you wanted to join book club, you can go to our website, Mm ghostlypodcast.com and go to book club. I believe so. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, so right there the on the website, um, and you just sign up, and I I promise I don't email you a whole lot mm-hmm. <laughs> at all. Uh, just every few months, you'll get an invitation to the book club. Uh, we just we we join on Zoom, and you can show your face or not. Uh, but we love the discussions, um, and then we've also added a book club channel on Discord. Yes. So if you join Ghostly Society, every so often we. We put out the link for our Discord, and we'd love to have you guys join us there. And actually, I, I send it out with the book club invites as well. Yeah. Um, so Maybe you could put it in the show notes this time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and again, it's super fun. It's a way to connect with other listeners. Yeah. Um, and uh, do something a little different. I think there was one more comment, though. Oh, yes. There is one more comment yeah. that we have from our favorite... One of our favorite, I shouldn't be, <laughs> be picky or be a uh, favoritism. Uh, paranormal investigators, Neil Gibbons yeah. from Graveside Paranormal. Yes. And he says, the best damn podcast, this side of the paranormal realm. You went Southern there a little I bit. I did. That's <laughs> well, when you say the best damn podcast, <laughs> it's pretty Southern. You sound like Jasmine on on Big, Big Brother. Big Brother. <laughs> All right. So- I am really excited to um, hear the listener mail, too. Yeah, absolutely. So we have tons of shout outs this I episode. Know, sorry. Right? Yeah, we got a lot going on. But it's the 100th episode. So yeah. it's, you know, Woo-hoo, a little super size. 100. <laughs> All right. So our listener mail is from Yvette. Oh, okay. So a little bit shorter one today. Oh, I knew she we left had... one of the comments, I believe. Yes, yeah. I think so. So thank you so much. Uh, so she says, my mother and I both experienced the same thing when falling down the stairs in my garage. What? Whoa. <laughs> uh, yes, we are not graceful. It, was, <laughs> it wasn't that well, we- Well, Rebecca, you're not the most graceful no, person No, no, I am not. No, Do you ever I take ballet not. or anything? I did for oh, a brief wow. period of time. It did not- didn't last. Maybe you need to didn't renew take. that. No, no, I think I'm okay. <laughs> you think you're okay? You're not going to black swan this? No, definitely not. <laughs> uh, okay, so she says, it wasn't that we saw the ghost, but both of us on separate occasions felt the sensation that as we fell, meaning tripped a missing a step, someone grabbed us under our arms and gently guided us to the floor. Wow. I should have face planted into the concrete wall at the bottom of the stairs, but I landed sitting sideways, legs tucked under me, and was still holding what I was carrying in my hands. I sat there in amazement, like how the heck I should be unconscious right now. I told my mom, and she said two weeks earlier when she was over, the same thing happened to her, and she didn't say anything because she didn't think it was believable. 
I've fallen down my front stairs as well and should have crashed into the door window and the same thing. I land sitting up and I feel like someone is setting me down. Wow, Yvette, you've got a guardian angel there or just a really friendly ghost. Wow, yeah, that's that's crazy. Yeah, super helpful uh, ghost. <laughs> Thank you so much for sending a, a positive story mm-hmm. as opposed to a, a scary story. Um, you know, we always want to hear your stories. I'm always looking for them. Um, you know, we, we have a collection, but... But to be honest, we need more. So uh, you can send those to us at info at ghostlypodcast.com. Or if you go to ghostlypodcast.com, there is a contact us form right there that you can fill out and submit your story. Uh, You can also send it to us in the mail. We love snail mail. Um, P.O. Box number 264, Geneva, Illinois, 60134. And if you've forgotten all of what I told you, just go to ghostlypodcast.com and scroll to the bottom. Yeah, it's right in the footer. Yep. So, um, you know, since this is like a very special episode, uh huh. I think I'm just really excited about your ghost story. So let's just go right to the ghost story then. No, Pat, we cannot skip the the votes. Oh, come on, you I, know we need the poll results. Right. But here's here's the thing: if I lost the Curse of the Ninth, I I, I I'm going to be very depressed. I think I don't know if I'm gonna be able to finish this episode. <laughs> So I don't think we should do the polls this episode. Well, then. you know, we just, we got to dive in. It's not oh. fair that people took the time to vote. We got to give them their results. Okay, okay, okay. All right. In our last episode, we talked about the curse of the ninth. And the results were, yes, 15.4%. No, 84.6%. I don't think I've ever won with that big of a margin. Yeah, it is a pretty big margin this time. Wow. <laughs> wow. Well, I mean, you were a little skeptical about I, it. You know, it's it was a difficult one to to talk about. Um, again, I, I, I think they may have cursed themselves uh, <laughs> a little bit uh, as part of it. Uh, what was the rating, though? Yeah, the rating was 2.15. So that's really low. That is low. And in Ghostly X, we do go over all the comments that people have left. So if you're interested in hearing the comments of others... Which they get really funny sometimes. Oh yeah, we have we have a lot of fun with the comments. Yeah, exactly. So that's in Ghostly X as well. Yes. All right. You ready for your ghost story, Rebecca? Absolutely. Oh, and just as a reminder, after this episode today, go to ghostlypodcast.com slash polls and tell us what you think about Wrigley. Absolutely. And we post that on all social media too, on like the day after the episode comes out where you can go ahead and just click on the link. Yeah, absolutely. All right, here's our ghost story. It's time for a spooky tale from Rebecca. I can't believe it. I got the call. I'm going to the big leagues. Now, they say it's only for a few weeks until the player I'm replacing comes back. But who knows? Maybe I'll wow them, and then they'll want to keep me. This is my chance at the big time. (laughs) It was such a late call after yesterday's game, and they realized that the guy wasn't going to be out for at least a few weeks. So they flew me here, and I'm on the team tomorrow. I am so excited. 
I told the driver just to take me to the field. He said, but it's the middle of the night. I said, I don't care. I need to walk into Wrigley and feel the history and feel the weight of it so that tomorrow I'll be ready. After they dropped me off, I talked to the overnight crew and asked them to let me in. They just laughed and said, sure. It sounds like I'm not the first player brought up for the minors to do this. I walked all around and eventually made my way to the bullpen. Just looking at where I'll be warming up and getting the call, I hope. (laughs) As I was standing there, imagining what that next day is going to be like, the craziest thing happened. The bullpen phone rang. Like, Like the phone the manager uses when he calls for a new pitcher. I I don't know what came over me, but I just decided to answer it. Hello, I asked. I listened, but there was nothing but static. I hung up after a few seconds. I figured maybe it was just some glitch or something. But then the same thing happened again. And a third time. I started to get mad. I figured the guards were having a laugh at me, so I just decided to leave and go find them. As I was walking down the halls, I swear I heard someone whisper my name. Kyle. Hello? I called. No answer. It was dark and I was starting to get a little freaked out, I must admit. So I just walked faster until I got to the front office. When I got there, I said, good job, guys. You really freaked me out. (laughs) If this is the hazing you guys do, it's definitely different. The two guys behind the desk just looked at me confused. What? I told them what happened. Understanding dawned on the older guy's face. Oh, he said, you met one of our resident ghosts. He likes to call the bullpen like he used to do as manager. And sometimes he likes to greet new players by calling their names. Don't worry, he's harmless. I don't know if he was pulling my leg and I didn't really want to stay around to find out. I decided maybe I should get some sleep and see if I can forget this crazy first day on my new team. Wow. So was that any actual player that you took this from? Or <laughs> No, I mean, I use Kyle, yeah. but I didn't necessarily have okay, any I... particular player in mind. All right. <laughs> so uh, just a generic, you know, a newbie young guy yeah, coming Yeah, just up. totally made-up story then. No, not a made-up story based on what? something that actually happened. No, come on. That's ridiculous. Well, we'll get to it. All right. Well, we're going to take a short break, and when we return, we will do the Pat Facts. Pat Facts! Pat, what do creepy stories... Funny ghost memes and inside ghostly information have in common? Um, my life? (laughs) Well, yes, but (laughs) no, it's also Ghostly Society on Facebook. Oh, yeah, I mean, that too, of course. But aren't all ghostly listeners in Ghostly Society? Not yet. What? I mean, that means that they're missing out on all my jokes. Yeah, they are. And missing out on chatting and sharing with other listeners and us, of course. We love talking to our listeners. If you haven't yet, you should consider joining our private group on Facebook called Ghostly Society. 
Let's hope now they will. Unless they're a woman in white. This episode are brought to you by Tarot by Ta. Ta is a professional tarot card reader with over 20 years of experience. And he reads at numerous public events. He's got such a busy schedule right now. He reads at private parties and he does personal appointments throughout the greater Chicagoland area as well. He also does readings worldwide using online services like Zoom. Oh, that's really good because I mean... Not everybody can come to events. I mean, you should in Chicago though. You if, should. You, if you can, though. <laughs> and uh, the best part of it is he's a hashtag team skeptic. <sighs> I forgive him for that. <laughs> but I mean, it is weird that he is a tarot reader and he's a skeptic. But um, you know, he just says that he can't explain why sometimes some of the stuff is just on the money. You know, absolutely. And um. He also is starting a new podcast. Uh, he's getting his promos out right now. But uh, as soon as he gets a promo that we can play on here, I gladly will will play it too. Yeah. And you can find out more about Ta and his podcast by visiting his Facebook page at facebook.com slash tarot by Ta, P-T-A-H. Absolutely. And you'll put that in the show notes, I'm sure. Yes. All right. So it's time to get into the Pat Facts. So at the site where Wrigley Field sits today, at Clark and Addison, it was the home of the Chicago Lutheran Theological Seminary. Oh, so that's interesting. Yeah. Because it's like so much just like housing around there now. I just assumed it was like homes. I mean, it is like a big residential area. Or like a park or something. Except for one of the streets that it's on is, you know, that's like where everyone goes to go to the bars and stuff. Well, yeah, that's true. It's a lot of, there's businesses there on Addison. Yeah, yeah. And, and there's no, like, parking lot. <laughs> yeah, no, there's not a lot of parking. <laughs> no, so you, you know, have to use some of the local areas and stuff, you know. There was a Taco Bell across the street that used to have parking, but now that's closed, so... Yeah, a lot of people you park a little bit away, a uh, bit of ways, and then you um, take a bus. Yeah, or you or could shuttle. take the L too. Yeah. Um, so the the Hillbrandt coal factory was across the street. Wow. Yeah, it doesn't like I can't even imagine what that no. would have looked like. And even before the Chicago Lutheran Theological Seminary, it was St. Mark's Church. Okay. Well, so, so it's holy ground for the for the Cubs. I gotcha. I gotcha. <laughs> At at the time the seminary was established, um, the area was located in a quiet, relatively undeveloped section of the Lakeview District of Chicago's north side. That's true. I mean, the city that we know today was much smaller yeah. back then. You know, that was almost like suburbs. I mean, not really, but it was pretty close. <laughs> yeah. But what happened was the 1900s, um, the L got extended to this area. So the L is like, um, 
is like taking the subway in New York or something like yeah. that, except it's above ground. It's elevated. It's elevated. Yep. So it's the subway, but it's above ground. You got yeah. It. And a lot of Chicagoans use that to get all over Chicago. Mm -hmm. You can get almost anywhere in Chicago just by taking that. You might have to take a bus or something when you get off, but it gets you pretty close. Definitely. Uh, so it extended to this area and the area started to be more developed. So more homes were developed in there, some businesses and stuff. So it started to take on more of an urban character. And um, the seminary decided to abandon its plans to develop the area and just wanted to sell it at that point. Well, I'm guessing they were also probably getting some really good offers at that point, at least pretty decent ones. Maybe they actually moved to Melrose Park. Okay. And yeah. then closed in 1967, I believe. Okay. Um, but it's funny because Melrose Park is pretty built up too. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, wherever they go, things were starting to take shape. They know how to pick the hot spot. But I mean, you have to remember this is after the, the Chicago fire. Yes. And everything. So Chicago was becoming this major metropolis. Mm -hmm. So as early as 1905, rumors started to take shape that a new structure was going to be built at that site. A minor league baseball was interested in building a stadium at the location as part of their strategy to like become a major league baseball team. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, that's a pretty bold place for a minor league team to build a, a site. Yeah, I mean, maybe it, well, not it was as just much developing, back then, so. but yeah. Yeah, um, but the Chicago market was one of the most lucrative in the country because of the Chicago fire and uh, was already occupied by the National League's Chicago Cubs oh. and the American League's White Sox. Um, once this was out in the newspaper, though, their plans kind of blew up. Oh, They weren't really expecting anyone to know about it, and they didn't want anyone to know until they started building. Oh, I see. I so see. they kind All of pulled out of it. Oh, oh, I see. They yeah. thought they could be a big surprise, and then maybe people kind of made it more difficult for them. It's Absolutely. Chicago. <laughs> we don't want you to have the permit. You're not going to have the permit. <laughs> well, um, so... Then there was this thing called the Federal League. So we have the National League, the American League, and the Federal League. But this was still a minor league, though. Oh, too. a minor league. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, so in 1913, it kind of started up. Okay. And it was kind of a minor league. Um, and they had franchises in six cities, including Chicago. Okay. Um, the Chicago franchise was known as the Shy Feds or um, Chicago Whales, actually. Oh. Weird. Um, and they played its home game at the baseball grounds at DePaul University. I have been by those baseball grounds many times, yeah. having gone to DePaul. Could you imagine like an actual real big baseball game being held there? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sure it was very. It was different back then. I'm sure uh, there were more stands and different things, but um, but that's cool. Yeah, and so they really started to take hold. Okay. Right. So they wanted to become a major league and the current president that they had wasn't really going to make that happen so they decided to bring on a new president one by the name of James A Gilmore who was a wealthy Chicago businessman and he made his money in coal mhm mm which is right across from uh, yeah exactly and because he had all these connections Gilmore had made it a lot easier um for Chicago then okay. to get situated in this 
So he brought on William Walker, who was a fish wholesaler, and Charles A. Wigman, who made his money in local lunch counters, which was like the nineteen nine the 1900s version of uh, fast food. Okay, like early 1900s. Yeah, 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 early 1900s. Yeah. Um, Wigman became the club president and the main force behind the team from that point onward, with Walker willing to remain in the background and Gilmore tending to all the legal issues. Charles Wigman, um, known as Lucky Charlie, hired his architect, Zachary Taylor Davis, to design the park, which was ready for baseball by the home opener April 23, 1914. Zachary Taylor Davis was also the person who designed another Chicago ballpark named Comiskey Park, which was the home of the White Sox from 1910 to 1990. Oh, wow. Yeah, and it was actually open before 1910. I. That that's like a whole nother history there. There's so. another episode maybe we'll get to, but um, okay. So that's 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 amazing that the same guy, yeah, designed both of the big Chicago parks. And you know, a lot of the Sox fans hate Wrigley too because they think it's a it's like a dump. That's yeah. what they call it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which I actually really liked old Comiskey Park too. Okay, well, yeah, it makes sense. Uh, the Chicago Whales. Also, you know, as I said, known as the Chicago Feds, um, came in second in the Federal League rankings in 1914 and won the league championship in 1915. This is so interesting that we are already to 1915 uh, talking about Wrigley Field and we haven't even talked about the Cubs yet. It's not I even mean, called like, Wrigley Field. I mean, oh, that's true. I mean, and we've mentioned the, that the Cubs exist, but they were not. Yeah. yeah, the stadium didn't exist yet. It just got built and... It was not for for them yet. Yeah, it was actually um, Wigman Park. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah, because, you know, he owned it, well, so he called true, it yeah. by his own name. So so it reportedly cost $250,000 to build and took just two months to complete and had a capacity of 14,000 people. Oh, wow. <laughs> so let me tell you, though, Major League Baseball was not happy about this, and oh. they tried to make them... Um, have to stop their plans. They did a lot of different things. Um, and one of the things that they did is uh, Wigman signed a lease oh. of the land for 100 or 99 years. Okay. So it was just expired recently, actually. Um, but the lease said that he couldn't build anything on the land that cost, or he couldn't do renovations of more than $70,000. Oh, geez. And building a two hundred fifty thousand um, dollar stadium <laughs> actually went <laughs> over that amount. Yeah, uh, just a little bit. Yeah, um, the Cubs moved into Wrigley in nineteen fifteen. So now we're talking so about the Cubs. Just like a couple of year or year, yeah. like there was like one year where it wasn't the Cubs, and then absolutely yep. they moved in. Okay. But they only um, moved in there because the Federal League folded. Oh, the whole league went down. Yeah, and Wigman. Um, formed a syndicate that included the chewing gum manufacturer, William Wrigley Jr. Mm. And they bought the Cubs from Charles P. Taft for a half a million dollars. Wow, so they really believed in this park. I guess so. I mean, half a million dollars in those days, that was a lot of money. Absolutely. In 1918, 
Wrigley actually acquired the controlling interest in the Cubs. And in November of 1926, he renamed the park Wrigley Field. Um, it was because of, during the Depression, Wrigley, um, the gum company, was actually losing money. So he decided to invest more in the Cubs. Oh, diversify. Yeah, and that sold more gum eventually. Yeah, okay. So that's why in 1926, he renamed the park Wrigley Field. But between 1920 and 1926, Wrigley was actually named Cubs Park. Oh, I like that name. <laughs> I mean, of course, Wrigley is classic. We get yeah. it. But. but you know what, Rebecca? It's actually the second stadium named Wrigley Field. Um, the L.A. ballpark with the same name opened in 1925. Oh, weird. So they missed that by a year, okay. calling it Wrigley Field. Between 1921 and 1970, it was also the home of the Chicago Bears of the National Football League. Uh, and it was the home of the Chicago Cardinals, now the Arizona Cardinals. That's why we hate them so much. Oh, you know, it's funny. Okay, so in my brain at first, when you were talking about the Cardinals, my mind went to St. Louis Cardinals, no. which is, that's baseball. No, we're talking about the National we're Football League. Fo I don't think of Wrigley associated with football, but it was a football stadium. Yeah. And here's the thing, though. There was problems for football players, though, um, particularly... One of their concerns were the brick walls <laughs> that were often just inches from the playing field. Well, the brick walls are, are pretty iconic there, and yeah. I can see that that would be not so good. I mean, how many times do you see football players go off onto the side? Yeah, absolutely. And they would hit a brick wall then, literally. Right, or you score a touchdown, you're running. and you just <laughs> They would get a concussion, and that's outside of the field. <laughs> um, so Bill Veek also known as Sports Shirt v Bill. Nice nickname. Yeah. Uh, he planted the <laughs> ivy. Hey there, I'm Sports Shirt Bill. <laughs> Sorry, we went with the, the Southern accent yeah, today. Actually, he was actually um, the son of one of the owners, too. Oh, well, there you um, go. But he planted the ivy in 1937, and that's iconic of Wrigley. But the idea actually came from Perry Stadium in Indianapolis. Well, it's fun to the to play with the ivy. If you haven't uh, watched a game at Wrigley or been there, um, it's fun because it catches the balls for you sometimes. Yeah. So here's an interesting fact about that. Okay. So at first, when um, it was Wignum Stadium, when it first opened in 1914, mm -hmm. there was too many home runs there. So they actually had to move the... The um the wall the wall back oh yeah and when they did that they demolished the seminary that was still they they still had the building there oh I gotcha okay but when they and they were still getting too many runs because um if it would hit off the wall they would say that that's a run then oh really so when they put the ivy in there if the ball hits the ivy it is considered an a um a double yes so they don't get a home run but that's only if the player 
does like a sign, like puts his hand up or something like that. And like doesn't, it's caught, it's caught. And doesn't search for the ball. If he starts searching for the ball, it's considered live and they could run all the way to home. Oh, interesting. So if you play at Wrigley as a player, you have to know like yeah. if the ball ends in the Ivy and like doesn't bounce back out. Yeah. Right? Like it just lands in the Ivy and because it, it could take you a while if you're trying to search through yeah. this Ivy to find it. They just say, okay, okay. You know, I mean, but imagine the home field advantage then. Right. Because our guys all know this. They all know this. <laughs> yeah. No, it's super interesting. And then obviously in the beginning of the season, it's not grown in yet. But then by, you know, the start the, the real summer, you know, it's, yeah. all, it's all ready to go. Catching um, balls. Wrigley Field is nicknamed. The Friendly Confines. You've, you've heard it called I that. I have, yeah. of course. And it's a phrase that was that was made popular by Mr. Cub himself. Hall of Famer, shortstop, and first baseman, Ernie Banks. Ernie Banks. Let's play two. Let's play two. Uh, the team and stadium were later bought in 1981 by the Tribune Company, um, which was good and bad. <laughs> yes. Wrigley Field reportedly sold for $600,000. Ooh. So that's not that much for no, that. No, especially know. back then. Yeah. I mean, if I had the money, I would have bought it. Well, they hadn't won since 1908. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Wrigley Field didn't have lights for night games until 1988. And that's one of the changes that the Tribune Company brought in. But what's interesting, though, is originally they were supposed to install lights in 1942. But because of the attack on Pearl Harbor... The owner, Philip K. Wrigley, donated the lights to the war efforts. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So throughout much of its history, the stadium has underwent renovations. The first occurred just days after the opening game in 1914, with the outfield walls being moved back, like I was talking about, to, de- to decrease the number of home runs. More notably, in 1927, in 1928, an upper deck was added, and in 1937-38, the firm Hollibird and Root created a boomerang-shaped bleacher section. And what's interesting, too, is in the 1927-1928, when they added the upper deck, they actually brought on Zachary Taylor Davis again to do that. Oh, how cool. Yeah, because he did such a great job, I guess. Yeah. Uh, the neighborhood around the stadium is known as Wrigleyville, and it, it, it's also become a lot more developed since then, especially from the 1990s. Although home to numerous bars and restaurants, the area was largely residential, which added to the stadium's appeal, but also resulted in resistance to some proposed changes. Notably in 1988, um, when they installed the lights, uh, only after threatening to move were the Cubs allowed to add the lights to Wrigley. And that's because the Tribune did that. Right. Well, people didn't want the lights because it was, you know, like the neighborhood. And yeah. they didn't want, you know, night games. I mean, and it is literally, literally like a house across the street. Right. And they have a bunch of rooftops where you can rent that out and party up there on the rooftops and watch the game and it's like you're in the stadium it is now they've they've done some deals with that because it started to get where the you know of course the team wants their share of the money and you know there's it's all complicated having having a baseball field in the middle of the city i think if you haven't seen it it's weird yeah like you're used to a big sports stadium being something that's like a little bit out out 
in, you know, like an open area. No, like you don't, it's, it's, it is absolutely confined on all sides by the city. There is no, like they, they've actually put up like some little spaces around it, but, um, but no, like you are literally just like (laughs) driving, you know, going to work, doing your thing and like, Oh, there's the stadium. Like it's just right there. Like, yeah. and even the, um, the socks, uh, park doesn't feel that way. It still feels like a little bit separate. It has a parking garage and yeah, like definitely. other stuff, you know. I mean, most of them have parking garages. Right. I'm and this is say. just. And they had an opportunity to put a huge parking garage in. They would have made a fortune on this, but they decided to make a little mall. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And I will say, like, it is like that neighborhood has definitely become um, kind of like a, a very pricey, very nice neighborhood. Yeah. But I will say, like, to live right around the park is uh you know you get a lot of people leaving the games yeah you do you do <laughs> walking drunk down the street and you know they're not always the the best uh, yeah <laughs> but it's still a very wealthy neighborhood very popular neighborhood absolutely um so i did mention that the chicago tribune was actually good and bad for the for the for Wrigley field mm-hmm. because before they sold they were entertaining the idea of renaming the field. Oh, oh yes, like selling the rights or something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like we have US Cellular Field for the Sox, which I don't even know what it's called. I was now. just gonna say it's probably called something else now. We just call it Hell in the Cell <laughs> yes. here in Chicago. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they were gonna do that, just like all the rest of them are, and we wanna keep our names. When they renamed Sears Tower everybody's upset by that still. What's funny, though, is both Sears Tower and Wrigley are, in fact, named after companies. Like, it's not yeah. like they're <laughs> some, like, just regular name. They're named after companies. We just want those companies. Yeah, we just don't those want companies. other companies yep. as mm-hmm. our name. After the Cubs and Wrigley were purchased by the Ricketts family in 2009, a major renovation was proposed that drew strong objection from some residents. Ultimately, however... Much of the plan was approved. Upgrades included a massive jumbotron that was unveiled over the left field bleachers in 2015. And the area immediately around the stadium was also the site of numerous construction projects, including a hotel. Yeah, I remember that jumbotron. And then they have like a little like add things down like that are behind the 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 hitters and stuff that was so controversial for everybody i mean again we just want like old school it's one of the if if, it's one of if not the only ballpark that has a score manual score manual scoreboard yeah absolutely where they actually have to have a person that puts the score in like not at a computer they have to go up there and do it walk up there take down the number put the new number in (laughs) every time (laughs) something happens yeah it's really cool and um yeah it's um it's an experience. It definitely is. I was going to say something else too, and I forget what it was. Have you ever sat in the bleachers? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, I have. I got really sunburned, <laughs> and they lost like sixteen to nothing that game. And but, but you didn't care because you were in the bleachers. No, I left early. Oh, 
<laughs> I was way too sunburned. And when they start losing by more than nine, it's like, uh, I, I don't, you know. Well, know. The, the bleachers are like the fun seats. You know, that's where the college yeah. kids sit and all that. I mean, my family, we were not bleacher people. We were, well, and it's not family friendly in the bleachers. No, too. it is not. You would not yeah. take your children there, most likely, oh, unless they were older. You know, I remember what I was going to say um, is that. Um, so when that renovation was made in 2015, there were some um, of the houses over there that had the rooftops that were allowing people to visit that weren't giving the Cubs the proper amount mm-hmm. of money. So what they did was they put a big billboard to block them. Yep. So they couldn't see it until they paid and then they took down the billboard. Yeah. Very smart. Yeah. Very smart, but evil but at the same time right it's like <laughs> no can't share the profits yeah. nope nope <laughs> <laughs> all right well that's all i have for the history i mean there's a ton more history about it but that's all that everyone's going to care about really. yeah i mean it's the it's the history of the field itself obviously we have a little bit of cubs history in there i mean to do the cubs history would be a whole other thing yeah when they lost one of the world series that they were in um or actually, no, when they came in last place in 1925 was the first time that the Cubs came in last place. Wow. But it wasn't that bad because there was only eight teams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So the Cubs are on, yeah, they've been around a long time, um, but they have not always been at Wrigley. So it's interesting to hear the story of the building. Absolutely. Uh, do you have anything to add? No, not anymore for the history. It's just, uh, just that I love the stadium. I love seeing the Cubs. And... I uh, am very happy and I feel very lucky that I got to be here in 2016 um, when oh, yeah. they won the World Series because there were a lot of my relatives uh, that lived their whole lives and never got to see that. Yeah, I mean, I actually cried the day after because I started thinking about it and it was, I mean, they hadn't won a World Series in 100 years and I remember my grandpa, that's all that he wanted. Yeah, it was 108 years. I mean, people don't understand that when it comes to the Cubs, they take baseball serious. I mean, really serious. Some other teams, it's more just like a casual fun thing to do, but they take this very serious. And um, yeah, it just broke my heart to think about, you know, my grandpa not being able to see it, but I got to. Yeah, my grandfather and my my great uncle, um, oh, such a Cubs fan. Um, and, you know, actually, just one other thing about the Cubs that's interesting is that the Cubs have fans all over the country, um, the U.S., uh, not, not I'm sure the world as well. But uh, one of the big reasons is that for many years they were played, uh, their games were played on WGN, which was one of the few kind of national stations like that to play um, live sports. So you could be in other parts of the country and actually watch the well, Cubs. But WGN has always been a Chicago station. Oh yeah, Chicago based, but it was so it was broadcast so yeah. widely. Like normally you wouldn't, you know, you'd only see your local teams mm-hmm. games, but this was one team that went out kind of almost nationally. I mean, not yeah. not everywhere, but a lot of places. So wherever you travel, wherever the, the the Cubs go to play, they always have actually quite a few of their fans. At yeah. the games. What did you think of the Ferris Bueller moment in Wrigley Field? There? Oh, great. Of course. <laughs> Absolutely. 
Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm glad he was a Cubs fan. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right. When we return, we will get to the debate. Throughout our time doing Ghostly, we've met a lot of great people. People that don't always fit into our episode schedule. And even when they do, we try to focus on the topic of the episode and we don't really get a chance to get to know them as a person. That's why we came up with the idea of Ghostly X. Ghostly X will come out on the weeks when there is no regular Ghostly episode. And it'll have interviews with amazing people and listener feedback from previous episodes. We also can't wait to talk about the paranormal in the news. We're very proud of this project, and we can't wait to share it with you. Ghostly X is a Patreon exclusive. You can start listening now by going to ghostlypodcast.com and clicking on the Patreon link in the menu bar to become a patron and help support Ghostly by listening to our brand new show. And time to debate. Time for a debate. Yes. Absolutely. All right. So our first uh, piece of evidence is, so we've got three ghosts today. So our first ghost is Charles Grimm. Ooh, okay. Grimm. Yeah, it's yeah. a great name for a ghost, right? <laughs> All right. So this is what I based my story on earlier. So it's reported that security guards who work the overnight shift or the graveyard shift mm-hmm. um, uh, will hear the Wrigley bullpen phones ring randomly. So those are like not regular phones, right? Like that's like when you're watching a baseball game and you see a guy like pick up the phone, you know, to get a the red new phone. picture. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So legend has it that these phantom phone calls are from Charles Grimm, who was managing the Cubs um, when they got swept by the Yankees in the 1932 World Series. Oh, and by the way, Babe, Babe Ruth played in that game. Oh, great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, people think that Grimm is still making pitching changes from the afterlife. Uh, it's also said that guards have spotted his ghostly image. Ding, ding, ding. Mm-hmm. Uh, pacing the halls and that people hear their names being whispered from the darkness. Um, so one explanation people give for why he's unable to leave the grounds is that actually he, he, his ashes or his remains are 
housed in a private, I'm assuming ashes, um, housed in a private box in left center field. So he's like buried on the grounds. Remember, this was a church, man. This is holy ground. And now there's <laughs> someone buried there. All right. So <laughs> my opinion on this is that, first of all, the phones, it could just be an electrical thing, if it actually happened at all. Um, you know, a lot of times, I mean, it's a pretty big field. They could be hearing that, but they might be hearing something else. And it's also right on a residential street. Someone could be outside there and get a cell phone call. And they could hear that over, because it's, I mean. I mean, I don't know if it was just cell phones, though. Plus, it sounds really different. And, like, you would, they hear it ringing. They're right there. Okay, well, it could be electrical problems, too, with that. But, like, wouldn't that happen all the time then? Like, you'd think they'd fix that then. Like, because it could, it wouldn't just, electrical problems wouldn't just happen at night. Well, also, I'm wondering if this actually has a phone number. No, well, my guess is it's, it's all, like, um like internal, you know yeah. what I mean? Like you, I don't think you could call this from like a regular phone. I wonder. I would be very surprised. So I, you know, I have doubts about that. And also um, here's the deal about his mortal remains that are there. <laughs> that is speculation. There's Ooh. never been any documented evidence saying that his, that actually his remains are there in this private box in left center field i've never seen this box i don't know i mean there's just there's there are some reports that he his he was cremated and his ashes were scattered at wrigley field so maybe they weren't buried in a box but yeah that's what but they say. again you know hearing your names being called whispered from the darkness again it is on a regular residential street you could hear people talking outside Especially if it's quiet in the field, you could hear everything. I mean, I guess, but like you'd think they'd hear that all the time and then just like hear. Well, you're not telling me how often they're hearing this. Is this just once? I don't know. I don't think so. It doesn't sound like it. It sounds like something So maybe happening. it's happening all the time and people are hearing this all the time. I and that's the reason why they're that. hearing it. So I'm going to go with a zero on this a one. A zero. Yeah. All right. Uh, this one I'm going to go with a six. A six. A okay. Six. That's yeah. pretty high. Yeah. I, okay. I, it's, it seems plausible to me, especially if he's buried there. Okay. All right. So our next one is somebody that, oh man, it pains me. I hope he's at peace, um, but it's uh, Steve Goodman. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And if you are a Cubs fan or just a fan of good music, you have heard of Steve Goodman. Well, he's like folk music. You yeah, know, so not just good, good music. music. I mean, I love folk music. So. I love folk music. And I love Steve Goodman. And but. I love Steve Goodman, yeah. Uh, he was, uh, yeah, so he's a, he was a mu- musician who was also a very big Cubs fan. Um, and so he is another one who asked to have his ashes spread at Wrigley. Yeah. So... Uh, again, he was a singer and a songwriter, and because he was a Cubs fan, he wrote many songs <laughs> about the Cubs. One of them is the song that you hear at the end of every Cubs home game, Go Cubs Go. Yeah. One Especially of my when they win. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and he passed away, unfortunately, um, from leukemia in 1984. Um, and he asked to, again, have his ashes spread at Wrigley. He wrote, 
quote, let my ashes blow in a beautiful snow from the prevailing 30 mile an hour southwest wind when my last remains go flying over the left field wall. So the Cubs granted his last wish and his ashes were scattered on Wrigley Field. Since his remains were laid to rest at the field, fans have reported seeing his ghost sitting in the seats behind home plate enjoying the ball game as he did in life. He also wrote a song. It's like a, what a dying Cubs fans yep. last wish or yep. something like that. So sad. and he wrote, "I bleed Cubby blue." Yeah, yeah. Um. So I will tell you, with baseball, there is a lot of superstitious stuff going yes. on. Um. His remains were scattered, uh, in in Wrigley Field. I will say that. Um. But. I think this is more superstition and they want to believe that more than it's actually true because to have him there, you know, as this iconic Cubs fan, it's like Bill Murray and Eddie Vedder Mm -hmm. when they die. I mean, people are going to see them there too, because it's just something that we want. It's something that we desire so much. So, and I un- unfortunately, I don't think it's true, but maybe it's fortunate for him because the Cubs are having a pretty rough season this, <laughs> well, this, this year. Go. Though they've uh, they've gotten better lately, I noticed they've moved yeah. up in the in the standings. Um, but yeah, it's it's hard because again, he was he's such a, an integral part of the game, especially yeah. because they play his song and everyone knows you know the, his songs. Um, it's funny though in his songs too. He he is like he is. Like a big time supporter of the Cubs, but also he disses the Cubs in a lot of his songs. Well, that's too. what we do. Yeah, lovable losers. I was gonna say that. <laughs> I mean, Wrigley Field is um, the house of joy for a lot of Cubs fans, but a lot of sorrow has been oh has been spent there absolutely, as well. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, all right. So, what's your rating for Steve Goodman's ghost? Being I'm gonna at go Wrigley? a one on this one. Ah, you got to give him a one for Steve. For yeah. Steve. Um, I am going to give this one a five. Oh, okay. It's, it's a little lower for me just because I really couldn't find any like, in, like stories of like, well, who sees this ghost? And yeah, when I've never seen see any pictures it. or anything like that of it. It's not one that I actually had ever heard of before doing the research. Yeah. I mean, otherwise, I mean, obviously I knew of him, but I, I did not hear anything about his ghost being there. Okay. All right. So... Our next one is the probably the most famous ghost at Wrigley. Okay. So both Cubs fans and Sox fans would remember this ghost, Harry Carey. Holy cow. Holy cow. Uh, he had, if you've ever seen the pictures, or you've ever seen him on like Saturday Night Live or whatever, he was the old guy with the, the big, uh, thick, black rimmed glasses and he was drunk all the time drunk i think will ferrell did yeah. uh did did a, a harry carey impression oh, yeah. well i mean he did that commercial that he's a cubs fan and he's a buds man yes 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 he budweiser. did budweiser yeah. uh, and he would sing take me out to the ball game during the seventh inning stretch uh so he was larger than life i always remember him growing up uh he died in 1998 but legend has it that he hasn't left the ballpark. Workers and fans alike have claimed to see his ghost sitting in the press box where he spent most of his time. Uh, fans have also claimed to see an unexplainable mist that brings about 
like a, a, a big feeling, I'm assuming, of, of joy or of, uh, of drunkenness. Drunkenness, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and they attribute this mist to Harry Carey, who was like a big, he, he was known for interacting with the crowd. You know, he really was, um, was Wrigley for so many years. I mean, if you like, he's who made you excited to be there and pepped you up and kept you going, even though they were losing. <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, as far as Harry Carey goes, and um, this is not any slight on him, um, he he was the announcer for several different um, baseball teams in yes. his life. But he was most known for the Cubs. Yeah, but I mean, and I think he might have been happy about his time with the Cubs, but not so much so that if someone had offered him a big chunk of change to go someplace else, I think he would have taken it. Um. You know, I'm just saying he he's probably in it for the money, which is okay. <laughs> um, now, if it was Ron Santos or something like that, I might feel differently because Ron Santos, I mean, the poor guy, you know, lost his leg, lost everything. I mean, you know, it, and and he kept kept being a Cubs fan and he kept wanting to be there and he he took less money than any of the other announcers because he just wanted to be there. Yeah. So bad. Um, if, if if it was him, I would, I would think differently, but it's Harry. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't, I have not seen any pictures of Harry Carey at Wrigley field, except for the statue outside that they have for him, uh, which he looks drunk in the statue too, which is fitting. Um, I'm not a Harry Carey hater. In fact, I really enjoyed listening to him announce the games and watching his theatrics throughout the game. But um, I I don't think that there's any credibility to this story. So this is the only story that, and I, I feel bad because I can't like totally, I can't remember enough details to make this like great. But someone that I, used to date used to he didn't work at Wrigley but like some reason he was there in the press box like a few times for Mm -hmm. for something and I remember him telling me that there were stories about like about Harry you know and how he would be around like that people always sensed him around again it is our it is the superstition of baseball mixed with the nostalgic idea of it that makes people want to do this. And and your ex didn't say that he saw him there. He just no. said that he heard stories. And there there has been stories. I, I will give it that. But um, I don't know where these stories originate from. It could be one person and then it just spread to all these other people that saw this thing and and if they were um, now when they are seeing him, though, I would imagine that they're not seeing him in the they're not in the press box with him. They're looking up in the yeah, press box. Yeah, that would be my guess. Yeah. And that press box is very like I could definitely see that you would see something in there. If I would definitely think that you could see something in that press box from down in the, on the field. Yeah, I would think so. I mean, and it makes sense to me that you would think it would be. And you're just going to say it's Harry Carey. It could be anything. It could be a shadow of something. You know, it doesn't have to be anything. And it's not a shadow person, though. But mm-hmm. I'm just saying. 
All right. So what's your rating? Oh, unfortunately, Harry, I'm going to go zero on this Whoa. one. Oh, all right. This one's a seven for me. Seven, this wow. This one's definitely the more, most believable of all of them. Um, now, this is this last thing I wanted to chat about. It's not a ghost, but I just think we should bring it up, um, is the curse. Oh, yeah. The Billy Goat Curse, just because I think most listeners might, or a lot of listeners may have heard of the Billy Goat Curse. Well, I mean, you might have heard of Billy Goats if you watched Saturday Night Live and you saw the sketch where they were um, doing the cheeseburger, cheeseburger, cheeseburger thing. It's a really old one. I mean, like, I've never seen, I I certainly didn't see it live when it was first on (laughs) Saturday Night Live. But uh, if you see any, like, reruns or best of or whatever, you might have seen that, that sketch. Um, but uh, supposedly the... But it's based off of actually a restaurant called Billy Goat's. Exactly, an actual um, restaurant. Which has amazing burgers. And me and Mondo noticed that when we got burgers there, it looked like they were like more raw when we took them from the person, but they started to cook as we went back to the table. Well, that's what happens with hamburger. Yeah, exactly. You let it yeah. rest and it still keeps cook- yeah. cooking. Um, so, the, so in 1945, the Billy goat tavern owner william sinus yeah sinus sinus Sinus? that makes sense um basically brought a goat (laughs) or tried to bring a goat to wrigley field Mm. uh because he was like yeah this is like my pet goat um named murphy um and we're here we're like we're we're in the playoffs like we're making things happen and during game four of the World Series that year, they kicked them out of the stadium because they said the goat was bothering fans. So supposedly... So the goat was allowed in there at other times, though. Right. Like, I mean, they were allowed yeah. in for other games. It was just like that particular game that's, that's for not whatever how, reason. It's not how I had heard the tale, but okay. Yeah. I don't know. This is this is Wikipedia, so okay. take it for what it's worth. Um, but supposedly, um, then when he was leaving, he declared, uh, them Cubs, they ain't going to win no more. <laughs> You're going back south. This is a I Chicago way. You say it in a Chicago way. But... You damn Cubs, you never going to win nothing. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, so that basically is like, that was the curse. Um, and so they didn't win that year. Uh, and they had many chances throughout the years where they would be in, you know, the playoffs well, or well, even get to the World Series. What what year was it where they like won the pennant and were I mean, they didn't win the pennant. They were about to win the pennant. And um, yeah, what 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 year was that? Was that 1990 something? Uh, you know, I think it might have even been. Uh, in like the 2000s, I think. Yeah. Um, that was it. So the that okay, it was like 2003, I think 2002, 2003. It's the uh, the Bartman. Yeah. Incident is what he's talking Which about. Which we forgive him now. We we don't blame him. <laughs> it was the curse that <laughs> made him do it. Okay. So, uh, so like over the years, many people have tried to reverse the curse, um, but obviously it never worked. Um, and some supposedly in 2016, there we read a thing that there was like a vegetarian restaurant <laughs> that um, put up signs all over that were like 
you know, don't eat meat, break the curse, don't eat meat, essentially. But I that was never widely publicized or anything. Um, honestly, they just, for whatever reason, finally got all their stuff together. I think the Ricketts were finally willing to put some money into the team. Yeah. And uh, they won in 2016, the World uh, Series, and probably yeah. won't win again for another 100 years. <laughs> but as far as the curse goes, I mean, what are your thoughts of that? I, you know, I mean, I, I can't say that it's not. I mean, the Bartman thing was extremely weird. I will it say really, that. It really, really was. We were like, I think it was six outs away from, no, it was four outs away from getting into the World Series, yeah. winning the pennant. Yeah. And something went wrong. And then just, it just, it was like, just, it, it, it just kept going wrong. It like, just like. There's no reason that should have like turned everybody it definitely seemed like that at, at that year i mean but i don't there were many other years like that um so yeah i mean to me it seems like i don't know what it was there was something about i think it was at least a hundred year curse and then it took them if you know another eight years to get themselves together a lot of things had to align, but it wouldn't surprise me if there was a little bit of a curse. Uh, I don't. I happening. don't believe that there's a curse, but this is not what we're debating. No, now, we're so. debating the ghosts, but I didn't yeah. want to neglect the curse story because I know that is a thing for uh, for a lot of Cubs fans. Yeah. So, what is your overall rating as far as Wrigley Field being haunted? Being haunted. I'm going to say a six. So that kind of takes me in the middle. I had a five, a six, and a seven. So I think possibly a little haunted, but not super haunted. I mean, I think of all of the, like, there's been a lot of faces to the Cubs, right? You have Ernie Banks, Ron Santos. You know, you have a lot of these people that devoted their whole entire lives to the Cubs. And they're not there. Well, no. I mean, most places like that are haunted, like not everybody that's died that's associated with them is there. But I mean, these three people, hopefully Steve, these are a little bit more at peace. I mean, Steve, Steve Goodman, you know, the reason why I gave him one is because, okay, that is a legit face of the Cubs at one point, but there's been a lot more that have died that have had more claim to, you know, to Wrigley than Steve Goodman, even. Well, I mean, again, we don't know why some people end up as ghosts and some don't, so. Well, that's why I can't believe. <laughs> all right, so I'm going to go zero on this on, one, then, On too. this one, all right. Yeah. All right, so that brings us to the closing arguments. This is our last chance to convince you to vote our way. We are each given one minute of uninterrupted time, and we will time each other on our cell phones because Rebecca is like... The Chicago Black Sox likes to cheat. That is not true <laughs> at all. All right. Are you ready, Rebecca? Yes. All right. Here we go. All right. So, you know, it's it's interesting. I wasn't totally sure about really being haunted before doing my research. And I'm still not like this is, oh, my gosh, you should be scared to go there. It's so haunted kind of place. But learning that it was built on a church, on a cemetery, seminary, excuse me, and that um, people have been buried there, had their ashes spread there. Um, you know, and then there's these reports of, of just a few, a few of these guys, you know, kind of hanging around. And, and again, the guess is that it's these guys. It could be other players or other people as well. Um, anyways, it just doesn't surprise me 
that there would be some figures, some people still hanging around there. Um, it's a place steeped in history. It's a land steeped in history. And I just wouldn't be surprised if there were some spirits hanging around. Okay. Well, you had three seconds left. Thank you. So I'm going to take your three seconds. Hey. <laughs> All right. You ready? Yes. Go. All right. So as I had already said, baseball is filled with a bunch of superstition. People will not change their socks if they're in a winning spree or they won't change their underwear or they do different things. And if they don't do this exactly right, then it is considered bad luck for the team. With this much superstition, it's really hard to say that any of this stuff is factual. I believe it's nostalgic. I believe we want these people to be there. We want a Steve Goodman to be there for that experience, for us to experience him like our parents did or our parents' parents. And uh, I just don't see there being any possibility that the place is haunted. I've been there several times. And besides the spirits that are being drunk by people, there's no other spirits there. Never seen a ghost, huh? Never, ever, ever. <laughs> I've seen a lot of things at Wrigley. I've never seen a ghost. Okay. So thank you so much for listening. Please share us with your friends and family as word of mouth is our best advertisement. Remember to hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so yet. And if you haven't, this is our 100th episode. Hit it. Yeah, don't miss any more episodes. Yeah. And uh, I would like to give a shout out to all of our VIP patrons, which are more like producers for us. I mean, they help us with show ideas and give us, um, you know, critique what we've done and, and help us with stories and stuff. So Yeah, and we chat with them uh, every month at our AMA if they're interested. Yeah. So the first one is the one that we did the shout out for today, which is... Oh, Alicia. Alicia, yeah. Carrie. Becky. Natalie. Kim. Ta. Ernie. Marisol. Shayla. Cindy. Nicole. Darnay. Jessica. Alice. Austin. Aaron. Hope. And Candy. Yes. So that's all of them. And we really appreciate you guys for sticking with us. And um, we are so glad to bring you a 100th episode. We look forward to 899 more, right? No, nine or no. Yeah, you're right. 899 nine more. something. Yeah. So there's math there. <laughs> the, we're not math people, but um, 100 plus. But if we get to a thousand, I don't know what we'll do, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll do. worry about yeah. that when we get there. On the next episode of Ghostly, we will be talking about Tombstone. Tombstone. And it comes out August 31st. So you get three episodes of Ghostly in the month of August. Yes. And until next time, stay ghostly. Bye.